Grey's Anatomy, the most iconic binge-worthy drama, is back, along with answers to the biggest cliffhangers. Will Teddy survive? Will Joe and Link finally find happiness together? Meredith returns along with fan faves like Arizona. You can now stream every episode of Grey's ever on Hulu and new episodes next day. Watch the season premiere of Grey's Anatomy tonight at 9, 8 central on ABC and stream on Hulu. In the squadron, they called him Bullets, but we call him Greg Kelly. Greg Kelly is on the air on the Red Apple Podcast Network. Hey, what a nice thing. What a nice thing that's going to happen for Bernard McGurk on uh, next Wednesday. Please join us Wednesday, October 26th from 10 a.m. to 11.30 a.m. for a memorial mass at St. Patrick's Cathedral celebrating the life of our legendary broadcaster and friend Bernard McGurk. Everyone is welcome to respectfully join his family, friends, and colleagues for this service of remembrance. What a beautiful thing. Uh, actually, it's on page uh, page 34 of uh, the Today's Post. Big ad, big ad. One more time, it's um, next Wednesday, October 26th. That is next Wednesday, right? Yeah, man, month is almost uh, 10 a.m. to uh, 11.30, St. Patrick's Cathedral for Bernard McGurk. Uh, beautiful thing. And uh, Ed Shanahan, you are not welcome. I'm sorry, the, the guy. Can you believe that nasty, nasty obituary from the New York Times? I remember so vividly as a child on the Long Island Railroad going into the city with my dad. Must have been 1973. We were going to go to the Empire State Building, and we did. We went to the observation deck. I was very nervous. I even remember the pants I wore, plaid pants. And um, and he said, he just like shook his head in awe. He said, the New York Times, such a great paper. And it used to have these like amazing... Back then, it was so cutting edge to have graphics and um, kind of like these diagrams explaining things to the reader, what, what you know, just how systems worked. Or they had this amazing stuff for the Apollo program and the space shuttle. And but now it's just woke junk, woke crap. And um, anyway, look, everyone's technically welcome, even you, Ed Shanahan. But I do think you got to uh, atone for what you did. Horrible, horrible screed. Obviously, there's something personal there. You envy him, you resent him, who knows? But uh, you did your disservice. You did a disservice to your readers. And, of course, all of us who knew and loved Bernard McGurk. All right. So, meanwhile, uh, Joe Biden, uh, hey, just to warm things up today, he started with the lie. He started with the lie as he got on the. <laughs> uh, marine helicopter he's going to pennsylvania hey by the way do i sound like i'm ready to read my audio book with this voice i'm supposed to read the audio book there's an audio book version of um justice for all how the woke left is wrong about law enforcement it comes out in january published by simon and schuster and one of the nice things you got to do you got to make an audio book somebody called and Ask me if it's going to be on CD. Actually, I still don't know that. Uh, did they put them on CD? I know they'll put it out digitally. Uh, but I got to read the book, and I'm supposed to do it this weekend. And uh, I don't know if that's uh, – maybe I will. Just maybe. Anyway, Joe Biden getting on the helicopter on his way to Pennsylvania to appear with the one guy 
who probably doesn't even have a choice in the matter because he doesn't understand what's happening is, I'm sorry, that Fetterman, John Fetterman in Pennsylvania, wants <laughs> wants Joe Biden to talk, to, to campaign with him. I'm sorry, that brain is not working. Uh, but Joe, uh, yeah, warm up with a lie, right, Joe? Cut 52. John Fetterman's going to appear with you today yeah. in Pennsylvania, but there haven't been that many candidates campaigning with you. Why are more? not ca- true. There's been 15. Count, get count. Okay, and uh, are there going to be even more? Yeah. Yeah, 15, 15, count, count. Well, I spent, uh, I spent some time this morning counting. And you know how many it came up with? Three. Joe Biden says 15. I say three. All right, in like, you know, very solidly, wildly blue places like Oregon, uh, certain certain districts within Los Angeles. This guy's he can't go to a swing state. He can't go anywhere where it's uh, competitive because even The New York Times acknowledges it. Actually, I just saw this big write up. He is so unpopular that um, nobody wants to be seen with him. And uh, but the White House is very proud that he's going to make an appearance with. Uh, John Fetterman. Why are they proud? Well, you know, Joe Biden has Pennsylvania roots, so I'm told, Scranton Joe. But he actually spent a lot of time in Garden City, and he went to private school. That whole working class thing is a is is, is a lie. Uh, he had it pretty good. Garden City, Garden City for a guy. I mean, look, Garden City is a great town. You can't you can't spend time in Garden City and talk about how tough you had it growing up. I mean. At least from a material standpoint, you can't talk about that. And Joe, so he's, it's one of the many things he's lied about. And the White House said, John Fetterman looks like Pennsylvania. They actually said that John Fetterman looks like Pennsylvania. And it's going to go great today. He'll be warmly received. And Joe Biden and John Fetterman like each other. And John Fetterman looks like Pennsylvania. I, what a horrible thing to say about Pennsylvania. Is Pennsylvania this stalking, huge monster of an oaf with a hoodie? I don't think so. That's not what I looked it up. I'm like, hmm, who do I know who's from Pennsylvania? Let me think about this. And I do know this. Uh, Mr. Rogers, remember, from Mr. Rogers' neighborhood, he was from Pennsylvania. He didn't look like uh, Fetterman. He, re- he always wore a nice tie and a sweater. And he was good enough to take off his shoes once he came in the house. Bob Saget, if I want comedy, Bob Saget, the late, great Bob Saget. He's from Pennsylvania. Doesn't look like Fetterman. He always wore a tie. Uh, Kobe Bryant, actually known as a very good dresser when he's not on the court. Kobe Bryant is from Pennsylvania. Go on like this. Bradley Cooper, one of the most handsome men in America who always dresses up. Patti LaBelle. I love her. Patti LaBelle, the, the singer. Um, what's that big song that she had? I've met her a couple of times. Actually, believe it or not, the... She's gospel. I've seen her sing gospel, but she had a hit. Is that the voulez-vous coucher avec moi, ce soir? I think it is. Uh, Rocky Balboa from, you know, Rocky, he came from Philadelphia. Now, great, you know, he was a little oafish, at least in Rocky 1. Um, but even by Rocky 2, he gets his act together with the clothes. Remember, he bought that leather jacket with a tiger on the back. He started to blow what little money he made on that fight. Will Smith is from Pennsylvania, Charles Schwab, Teddy Pendergrass. Remember that guy? Oh, man, he could sing. What note? What? It always messed me up. He was in Melvin in the Blue Notes. Well, what about Teddy in the Blue Notes? He was the star. Arnold Palmer, Ben Franklin, 
So that's a horrible thing to say about uh, about Pennsylvania. And also this. Now, there can be no doubt, no doubt, not only is Joe Biden a horrible liar, but the entire party, the entire Democrat establishment is addicted to dishonesty, addicted to dishonesty. Remember the Georgia voting law? Do you remember when they passed it last year and there was a major boycott of of Georgia? Companies were threatening to leave Georgia and never do business with Georgia again in a in, in a in a total atrocity in my book. Major League Baseball canceled the All-Star game, moved it to uh uh Denver, I think. Canceled the baseball games, canceled the All-Star game because of the Georgia, which is totally fine. Everybody, everybody thinks voter ID is okay. Nobody thinks uh, uh, political operatives should be approaching you while you're online with uh, snacks from the uh, you know, campaign of John Smith. No, you can't do that. You can't. It's such a – and I read the damn thing. It's only like 70 pages. I read it. I'm like, this is a great law. And nobody else bothered to read it. Everyone else is yelling and screaming like the guy from Coca-Cola – the CEO of Coca-Cola, some British guy, saying, let me be crystal clear. This law is in violation of the values and standards of Coca-Cola, and we object. He said that, actually. He said, "We let me be crystal clear. We denounce this law. It is not in keeping with our values and standards. You know what? I denounce your crummy, crappy, sucky product, Coca-Cola. It's poison. It's poison. Never drink Coke. I actually boycotted Coke after that point going forward. Unfortunately, I took my eye. I haven't bought Coke, but they got plenty of Coke in the in the uh, free vending machine, which is great. And every now and then I have taken one, but uh, I got to redouble my efforts. No more Coke. I'm just going to drink water and coffee. That's it. I don't need Coke. I don't need their crummy products, and I don't need them lecturing me about the uh, Stuff they don't understand. They do not understand it. They did not understand it. And let me be crystal clear. Unlike your crummy product, crystal clear. A friend of mine, my cousin, my cousin through marriage, Jack, told me a story. He went shortly after he got to America. I don't know why he did this, but he's standing on Broadway in 1949. And maybe there was some, I don't know what happened, but somehow somebody put a quarter in a Coke and they left it there for a couple of hours, and the coke, the quarter was all warped and defaced a couple of uh, hours later. I don't know if they've uh, changed the recipe or whatever, but what good? What and especially when I see people drinking real coke without the diet, you got to get that if you're going to have it. Get the diet version. All those ludicrously unnecessary uh, calories. So uh, those were the warm up lies for Joe. Yesterday and then the the real ser- for Joe today the real serious ones where are the serious ones Hey are you watching my Newsmax show I am so proud of it We're doing very very interesting things And um, now that there is a forty percent chance a forty percent chance that Putin will use a nuclear weapon on Ukraine I thought it was a good idea to take a look at how we got to this situation And it's really Joe Biden's fault It really is There are Two or three key things that led to this invasion, uh, because Putin has wanted Ukraine, you know, since he was a little kid, probably. Um, so, well, actually, 
they had it, and then he becomes an adult and they lose it, and then I'm just saying he wanted Ukraine long before he became the president of Russia. And uh, But why did he move when he moved? Well, last summer he saw Joe Biden in person, and I have a picture, and you can see, a picture says it all, actually. Joe Biden has a 1,000-watt smile going. Joe always has that big, phony, toothy smile. Well, picture that, but like enhanced, bigger, smiling his ass off right there with uh, with Putin. Putin's all serious, right? So he just took the measure of the man and realized, I can take him. I can take this man. He's no, he's he's nothing, nothing. Um, so that just his his overall weakness. I think this presence worked against us, worked against Ukraine. What was the other thing? Oh, shortly after that, we lost Afghanistan. You know, the mainstream media, they they tried to stop talking about that two days later. But the rest of the world took notice. Wow. Look at America. It is a it's a new world order, new world order, a new world order not led by America. And then Joe Biden actually gave them permission. Cut 27. Cut 27, please. I'm not so sure he has uh, is certain what he's going to do. My guess is he will move in. He has to do something. He has to do something. That's back in January. Why the hell would he give him the green light to go into Ukraine? Whatever happened to, he will be met with fire and fury. He better not do that or else we are going to. No, no. <laughs> he's got to do something. I'm not so, so sure he has uh, is certain what he's going to do. My guess is he will move in. He has to do something. And now, looks like he's got to do something else. 40% chance of a nuclear bomb. And we wouldn't be here. 57% of America understands this would not have happened if Donald Trump were still in the White House. And that's where he belongs. Give me a moment. Greg Kelly. Kelly. On the Red Apple Podcast Network. Hey, some other candidates we want to keep our eye on. You know, I'm not endorsing anybody, but if I could vote for Nicole Maliotakis, I would. She was a bit of a disappointment at times, but this Max Rose, no way. He doesn't win. He does not win in 2022 in this type of election. No way. Uh, as a Democrat, Joe Biden, uh-uh. Sorry, pal. That's it. Uh, the timing was uh, Timing was terrible for you. Who else are we rooting for? I'm rooting for, uh, obviously, Lee Zeldin. I mean, that's a no-brainer. No-brainer whatsoever. And people are waking up all over the place. And if abortion is your issue, if you know somebody who thinks that uh, abortion is in peril in New York State, just tell them what Lee Zeldin said or show them the commercial. Find it on your phone and show it to him. He says, I could not and would not change the law. All right? Under, underline, uh, he could not. He doesn't. He could not do it. He could not pull it off. But he can make this state a hell of a lot safer. Uh, let's see who else is. Uh, oh, you know who I like is Michael Lawler. He's running for Congress in the Lower Hudson Valley, north of New York City. He's running against this, and one of the reasons why. I, first of all, Lawler is a good guy. I think he went to Manhattan College, and he's a up in Albany right now, state lawmaker. Is he a state senator or an assemblyman? One of those guys. Uh, but he's up against Congressman Sean Patrick Maloney. Patrick Maloney. What a jerk this guy is. Absolutely. Um, I think he's drunk with wealth. I think he married a rich guy. Yeah, he married somebody who was really, really rich. 
And what do rich people like to do? Um, well, they indulge themselves. And, you know, we're getting to be a country where you know, only the rich can afford to run for office sometimes. Not, not, not totally, but getting that way. And Patrick Maloney, he's the, first of all, he's totally liberal, woke, all these nonsense things. And he's just a nasty, nasty person. I'll never forget it. And, in fact, I found it for all of you. I played it on the show last night. I was just barely watching the impeachment hearings of, uh, when was this, 2018? When did they try to get Trump on that stupid phone call? 2019? Stupid phone call. The phone call was fine. To make that an impeachable offense was ludicrous, totally ludicrous. And listen to this guy, Maloney. I can't believe he's a New Yorker. Just badgering Gordon Sondland. Gordon Sondland was the, what was his job? He was the ambassador to the European Union. He was a campaign contributor, political appointee. That's fine. That's politics. And uh, just listen to this exchange. Cut 41. Who would benefit from an investigation of the Bidens? There are two different questions. I'm just asking you one. Who would benefit from an investigation of the Bidens? I assume President Trump would benefit. There we have it. See? (laughs) Maloney's asking the questions. Didn't hurt a bit, but let me ask you something. Mr. Maloney. Hold on, sir. Excuse me. I've been very forthright, and I really resent what you're trying to do. Fair enough. You've been very forthright. This is your third try to do so, sir. Didn't work so well the first time, did it? We had a little declaration come in after. Remember that? And now we're here a third time, and we got a doozy of a statement from you this morning. There's a whole bunch of stuff you don't recall. So all due respect, sir, we appreciate your candor, but let's be really clear on what it took to get it out of you. Yeah, you go to hell. You go to hell. Nasty, nasty, badgering that guy over that stupid, phony issue. So I would love, love it if you people in the lower Hudson Valley uh, came out and supported and voted for Michael Lawler. We don't like Maloney. Oh, and you know what would be doubly satisfying? He's the guy in charge of the DCCC. He's the guy in charge of getting uh, Democrats reelected to the House or elected to the House. Wouldn't that be funny if he goes down? The guy who's in charge of it all? Couldn't happen to a nicer guy. Am I right? All right. Oh, there's the music. Give me a moment. Greg Kelly on the Red Apple Podcast Network. You know, we are very, very tough on the other side because they are dishonest and ruthless. And um, they have lied so much. The January 6th thing really, really, really gets me going. They've objected to elections left and right, and then we do it, and then they engineer that whole thing. I do believe it was orchestrated. You saw it. You watched my show. But I did – I was walking around this morning, and I had something of an epiphany. Uh, it's, not, it's not realigning everything, but I just thought for a moment. Imagine, if you will, imagine if Maxine Waters, that crazy, lunatic, liberal from Los Angeles – if she were elected president of the United States, just imagine for a moment. Now, she is crazy, okay? And she is a Marxist, and I think there's some corruption issues, and she's insane. Now, if she were elected president, what would our reaction be? If there was a whiff that she colluded with anybody, would we pursue those whiffs? Would we try to thwart her and stop her? Every would we, would would we try to sabotage her presidency? 
if she were trying to carry out a crazy, woke, leftist, Marxist agenda? See what I'm getting at? I mean, I'd like to think I'm morally superior to the other side. Uh, But if that happened, I just wonder how I would react. All right. Fortunately, uh, we don't have to confront that right now. Right now. Let's see here. Uh, Let's check in with somebody. Joe is in the Bronx. Yes. Hey, hey, Greg. Um, Two things. Did you hear yesterday when um, a caller on Giuliani's show... I did not. I did not hear it. I was busy. But did did you know what he said? Well, I didn't hear it. Okay. Well, I thought maybe someone... No, 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 no. What? He said... Tulsi Gabbard is has major ties to the Communist Party. Now, let me ask you something. Was the caller Hillary Clinton? No, no. And was it Chuck Schumer? No, but listen. Hey, listen, she's great. She has no ties to the Communist Party. That's a that's a fake news leftist Hillary Clinton inspired uh, conspiracy theory. No, she doesn't. The guy who said it. Giuliani said he's a regular caller. Uh, sure. Oh, oh wow. I, well, wait a second. His credentials check out. He's a regular <laughs> caller. A regular caller. Now, wait a second. Uh, Tulsi Gabbard is amazing, and I would love to see her as president someday or vice president to Trump. In fact, remember when she came out and bolted the Democrat Party? This is what, a week ago, two weeks ago? I think we got let me Hold on a second. Here it is. Uh, here's a little Tulsi Gabbard when she quit the Democrats. Now, under the Obama administration, the IRS was used to target conservative groups. Now, Biden's Department of Justice recently indicted 11 pro-life activists for organizing an event blockading an abortion clinic. That's what they were charged with. They didn't use physical force. They weren't dangerous. But seven of those 11 They're facing 11 years in prison and fines of $250,000. I want to say that again. Seven of these pro-life protesters are facing 11 years in prison and fines of $250,000. And she doesn't like that. Wait, we got one more. I want to hear one more from Tulsi. No, that's it? Anything? One more. I can no longer remain in today's Democratic Party that's under the complete control of an elitist cabal of warmongers who are driven by cowardly wokeness, who divide us by racializing every issue and stoking anti-white racism. Yeah, I like her, man. I don't care what uh, Joe Blow said yesterday on the Rudy Giuliani show. I love Rudy Giuliani, but I, uh, all right, Joe, leave it at that. Give her a chance. She's amazing. All right, second thing, I bought... <laughs> okay. Listen, I... Okay, I what? Charles, I bought the Charles Stanley, um, the Bible. Yeah, you sound like you want your money back. No, I like it. Oh, I'm glad. Isn't no, it? It's amazing, know, right? Yes, it is. It is amazing. And your wife coming every day is a little much. It takes away the spontaneity, the surprise, right? I what? think it's a little much well, every day. Uh... Well, that's my business, isn't it? I mean, you make it sound like you were inconvenienced. No, but you asked yesterday, what do we think? Well, I was really asking those guys because they they have to let her in. I was was asking. uh, Oh, I'm sorry. No, uh, she sounds like a great woman. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Hey, the thing about the Charles Stanley Bible is uh, the footnotes, right? They help a lot, you know, because they help you understand it. 
it's amazing. Yeah, thank you. Hey, you know what? Uh, I was reading a. I'm, I'm actually reading Crime and Punishment. I started it in August. It's taken me a while, but it's a fantastic book. It's just so because I'm so sick of these uh, these fake news books by these uh, phony journalists and their mistakes. I am seeing mistakes. So I decided, you know what? I want to read a classic, something that's withstood the test of time. So I uh, what what came to mind? Crime and Punishment. Never read it. Dostoevsky. Right. And uh, it's amazing. I'm right up to the part. Where what's his name? Uh, and actually, I do have a hard time with the names because they're all Russian and they got like eighty-five syllables. But it's uh, Rokayev, Rokyev, whatever the guy who, um, you know, the guy who's let's. I, I don't want to give it away. Well, everybody knows the guy who killed the women, and he wants to hear from Lazarus in the Bible, and and she says, and he says to Sonia, "Where is that in the Bible?" And I'm like, I think that's in John. I think that's in John. And I actually knew something about. I mean. Because I'm new to this. I am. I am. And anyway, and then sometimes people ask me a question about the Bible, and I know the answer. It's, um, it's, kind, of, I, it's kind of rewarding, actually, because, again, the book was a big mystery to me, and uh, I neglected it. But finally, I'm back on tra- I'm on track, and so are you, Joe. I appreciate it. Thanks, pal. <sighs> uh, what else is going on? Ooh, Vice President Pence was on Fox yesterday. And Vice President Pence is being real cute, real cute about, um, am I going to run for president? Uh, would I vote for Trump? Do I have that? I just, uh, I don't trust him anymore. I'm sorry. I am sorry. He is a swamp cat like the rest of them. Let's do one more. We got uh, Rich in Brooklyn. Rich. Well, never mind. Uh, Glenn in Hillside. Yeah, Greg, uh, you've spoken a number of times uh, about uh, Ukraine and the potential of uh, NATO using uh, weapons of mass destruction. Which is no, 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 no. I said Putin using weapons of mass destruction, not NATO. Right. But you did. But you said you wouldn't want uh, NATO or the U.S. in kind doing the same thing. Uh, I basically somebody else would very kind of in my opinion, crudely, I think he was talking about preemptively settling the score, settling, and 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 we could just strike back and, and, and wipe them off the face of the earth. And I'm like, whoa, 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 whoa. Yeah, I don't know if we respond in kind. I don't know. That's one of the things that scares me about him using a nuclear weapon. The answer is not necessarily we use one in return. I don't want to kill innocent babies and women and children and noncombatants. I don't want to do that just because Putin, the madman, did. We're going to be like Putin, the madman, and, okay, you did it, now we do it. I don't. Okay, I know that. I know the theory point. about the madness, the mad theory, mutually assured destruction. I don't want to test here's that out. Point. Here's my point. Here's my point. All right. My father was in the Philippines. He was on a uh, an island, right, being uh, bombed by the Japanese. Okay. VJ Day came August fifteenth, nineteen forty-five. All right. I know all about this stuff. Day, what is your point? August August sixth and August ninth, Hiroshima and Nagasaki. The Japanese they they were killed. Hey, listen, don't don't tell me history. I know you're saying hey, surrender. Glenn surrendered Glenn, when they saw those atomic bombs. All right, Glenn, stop it for a second. All right? You don't have to tell me history. I know all this stuff, okay? And Truman appropriately and uh, necessarily used the atomic bomb on Hiroshima 
at Nagasaki a couple days later, and yes, there was an immediate surrender. They drop a... So you're telling me you want a nuclear weapon employed by Putin on Ukraine so Ukraine will surrender? I mean, okay, you're the president of the United States. Putin has dropped the bomb, let's say a 50-megaton bomb uh, on Ukraine and has killed, let's say, um, 400,000 people. And let's say the radioactive cloud is relatively contained, but not so much, and infects half of Europe. What do you do, Mr. President? We respond in kind. What do you mean by that? You respond in kind. You don't just go to the Pentagon and say, respond in kind. What, do you do? what does that mean? Where do you drop your we bomb? Do exactly, we do exactly what Truman did. Okay. Thanks, Glenn. Good talking to you. We start World War III. We start World War III. We do exactly what uh, Truman did. We bomb St. Petersburg and we bomb Moscow. Goodbye, Glenn. Boy, oh boy, you're the that's like the. I'd get a better response, a be, hopefully something more thoughtful out of Joe Biden. Goodness gracious. Forty percent chance. There's a forty percent chance of Putin doing that. That's four in ten. That's almost. It could very well happen. What do you think happens? We respond in kind, he says. Respond in kind. Very vague and open, but what he's saying, what, we, okay, we drop one bomb on them? Two? What do they do then? Because they did not bomb us. They bombed Ukraine, right? And then we bomb them? And then they say fire off, I don't know. 50 or 60 ICBMs at every major American city. (laughs) This is the stuff that we didn't have to think about for many decades. And now thanks to you and a bunch of other tough guys and, uh, you know, the story about your grandfather on some island in the Philippines from 70 years ago, it doesn't make it. There's no correlation, none, zero. 40% chance of Armageddon. I don't like to live like this. All right. I got uh, children. I want to uh, I don't know how old you are, Glenn, but some of us are still, you know, we want to be around for uh, decades. Hey, if you treat yourself right these days with the technology, we can all live to be one hundred and ten. I would love to live that long, by the way. My family has strict instructions. Keep me alive no matter what, no matter what the expense. You know, some people say they pull the. No, I have it all formalized that, that, that they cannot turn me off. Until my body turns off. All right? I don't care if I bankrupt my descendants. They will keep me alive. Um, Yes. Oh, that reminds me. I saw Vanilla Sky. They cryogenically freeze Tom Cruise. That is a very good movie. And totally, totally, totally underrated. Hey, remember this, folks. The tension we're having in the country, the racial tension, uh, crime out of control, it has a... It has an engineer, a man who designed it, a man who made it happen, and his name is Barack Obama. And it really got underway with these words when he butted into a case he knew absolutely nothing about. It was in March of 2012. Who remembers Trayvon Martin and George Zimmerman? Cut 34, please. You know, if I had a son, he'd look like Trayvon. And, um, you know... 
I think they are right to expect that all of us as Americans uh, are going to take this with the seriousness it deserves and that we're going to get to the bottom of exactly what happened. So, first of all, if you had a son, he'd look like Trayvon. I actually put their pictures next to each other last night. Barack Obama and Trayvon Martin look nothing alike. Nothing. Their noses are different. Their eyes are different. Their, uh, their cheeks are different. They're, they're just different, different people. Now, suddenly, the culture has decided that anybody of the same race looks like each other. Do you remember, like, 20 minutes ago when that was considered racially insensitive to assume that people of the same race looked like each other? Uh, But in this new world order, you can say things like that. You can believe things like that. Somehow that's righteous. Somehow that's beautiful. Somehow that's good. So why did he go weighing into this case he knew nothing about? Because George Zimmerman was attacked by Trayvon Martin. George Zimmerman was about to be beaten to death by Trayvon Martin. Trayvon Martin was a bad guy who was into all kinds of bad stuff, drugs, gang activity. Trayvon Martin's father was nowhere in the scene, nowhere in the picture. He was um, spent a lot of time, he did his stint in jail. Uh, very, very unfortunate. Probably led to some of Trayvon Martin's uh, problems. And everybody overlooks this, but George Zimmerman, who, oh, by the way, I believe is Hispanic, was found not guilty. The prosecutors were even embarrassed to bring the case. Cut 35, please. Verdict, we the jury find George Zimmerman not guilty. So say we all four person. Yeah. Where does he go to get his reputation back? And Barack Obama always, always using that that race card whenever he could to enhance his own personal status and power. It's one of the most offensive things I ever heard. You know, we live in New York. I take a cab fairly often. And these guys are generally from all over the world. 95% of the time, they're uh, people of color. What Barack Obama said about New York cab drivers, cut 36. Senator Obama, how do you address those who say you're not authentically black enough? Hey, not my question. Jordan's question. You know, uh, when I'm catching a cab in Manhattan uh, in the past, uh, I think uh, I've given my credentials. Hmm. So Barack Obama can't hail a cab in Manhattan because they discriminate against him because he's black. Is that what he's getting at? That's what he's getting at. And he's lying. I'll be back. Shipping can make or break a sale. So optimize how you ship your orders with ShipStation. They make it easy to automate and manage orders no matter how big your business grows. And they might even be able to help reduce shipping and warehouse costs. So optimize and keep up your momentum for growth with ShipStation. Sign up for your free 60-day trial now at ShipStation.com and use the code P-O-D. That's ShipStation.com with the code P-O-D. Before Shopify, were you wondering, where are my sales at? Now you're selling with Shopify, the global commerce platform supercharging your selling. You have no problem selling online, in person, on social media, and beyond. Gary, easy on the cha-ching. Sorry, but my Shopify sales are through the roof. Start selling with Shopify today and discover how millions of businesses around the world use Shopify to ignite their selling. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash listen. Shopify.com slash listen. 
Greg Kelly on the Red Apple Podcast Network. Hey, Joe Biden is on stage in Pittsburgh right now. I don't, I, I don't see Fetterman. Is Fetterman there? Uh, is he talking about Fetterman? I thought this was supposed to be the Fetterman Joe show. Let me see. And no one's going to be left behind. Huh. 21% of Pennsylvania families don't have home Internet connections. But never again should a parent have to drive their kid to a McDonald's parking lot and sit there to connect to McDonald's Internet so they could do their homework. Is that really happening? Is that really happening? I mean, not a joke. I know people go to Starbucks to do that. Uh, I've been to uh, McDonald's. I don't think they have good. You know what people have is cellular service. Does Joe understand that? Does he understand the difference between cellular and Wi-Fi? Does he? I don't think so. Turn it up one more time. Anywhere in America. Now Pennsylvania is going to get $87 million to replace these lead pipes. Oh, brother. Every person it's always, there. always like Democrats. It's always going to be happening someday, right? It's always, uh, <laughs> um, what was that story about the woman who married three times and she was still a virgin? <laughs> How did they go again? Uh, I'll get back to you on that. She's like, my last husband was a Democrat. My, 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 my. And he kept on telling me how good it was going to be. But then he died before they ever, uh, you know. Um, there's a, oh, I talked about the lies he told today. And um, he really, oh, the lies he told yesterday. Yesterday were, as he tapped the Strategic Petroleum Reserve, yet again, cut 29. Uh, let's debunk some myths here. My administration has not stopped or slowed U.S. oil production. Quite the opposite. <laughs> Bold face lie. Did you see my show? I came out with 20 things he did. First day in office, shut down the Keystone Pipeline. That was huge. Huge. Uh, coastal drilling, gone. All kinds of things. Canceled leases left and right. And oh, by the way, in cutting back on production, he was living up to the promises he made during the campaign. Cut 31. I want you to look in my eyes. I guarantee you, I guarantee you, we're going to end fossil fuel, and I am not going to cooperate with you, okay? Yeah. That was a the theme. Cut 30. Number one, no more subsidies for fossil fuel industry. No more drilling on federal lands. No more drilling, including offshore. No ability for the oil industry to continue to drill, period. Ends. Number one. <laughs> okay. And he did it measure after measure after measure. You just heard him promise. One more time, Joe. One more time about what your administration has done or not done. Cut 29. Uh, let's debunk some myths here. My administration has not stopped or slowed U.S. oil production. Quite the opposite. <laughs> uh, by the way, you know what he really hates? Uh, the oil and gas companies. You know what he envies? Their money. He really does. He envies their money. It's not about us. He just can't stand it that other people are getting rich and he's not getting a cut of it. Cut 32. We're going to make sure that everybody knows Exxon's profits. Why don't you tell them what Exxon's profits were this year, this quarter? Exxon made more money than God this year. First of all, I hate that expression. I hate it. And it's kind of sacrilegious, too. I have no problem with Exxon. Exxon works great. I would like it if they made it so you could fill up and 
walk away and it still fills up. You know, you have to be there holding the handle. I used to like to go into the Tiger Mart and get something, but you got to stand there the whole time. But that's fine. It worked just great until you showed up, Joe. Uh, the CEO of Exxon started there at 28, worked his way up. Did you? I'll be back. Greg Kelly, entertaining and informative on the Red Apple Podcast Network. Uh, just doing a little tabulation here. Just doing a little tabulation. All right, my predictions. Uh, 60 seats in the House of Representatives for Republicans. And I predict a five-seat pickup for Republicans in the United States Senate. I think that's possible. Let me see here. We uh, Laxalt is going to win in Nevada. Uh, in Arizona, it's going to be that Blake Masters. In Georgia, Herschel Walker's going to win. Ohio, J.D. Vance is going to win. Pennsylvania, uh, Oz is going to win, but that's not considered a Republican pickup because there's a Republican there right now, Pat Toomey. So that's like kind of a draw, but it's still important that we hold that, and Oz is going to win that. And then for the wild card, the wild card, it's a woman named Levy, L-E-V-Y, in Connecticut, and she is going to send Denang Dick uh, back to the barracks, uh, Blumenthal is going to lose to this woman, Levy. She's very, very impressive, and she's running for the Senate, and she's going to win. Gubernatorial, uh, it's going to be spectacular. We'll see uh, Carrie Lake. We'll see Tudor Dixon. Who the hell else? I'm not sure, but I'm very, very excited. I feel good. You know, and once this happens and everybody's got to get out to vote and tell your friends and do all that stuff, but once it happens, we'll do a we'll do a retrospective. We'll do an evaluation of all the coverage all summer long that said, "Ooh, Democrats are going to hold this, and Democrats are going to make gains." And Democrat, right? Turns out, well, that's misinformation. That's voter suppression. That's dishonesty. That's using the public airwaves to um, keep people home. And the way the Democrats act, that's uh, <laughs> that's a crime. Maybe it is. Maybe maybe it is. No, nah, I. It's not crime. It's not a crime, but it's very, very low. Don't you agree? Um, hey, one other thing. Uh, don't ever forget that defund the police. That was only the tip of the iceberg. I mean, that was such a, that was that rallying cry for a while. And now they're running away from it, hiding from it. That's what Max Rose has got to think about. He can't shake it. He went to that BLM rally, just stood there like a fool because it was in because it was temporarily cool and jump in with the mob and try to gain points. You really believe any of that crap? Max Rose, you, you went to that rally where they were yelling and screaming, defund the police. Remember defund the police. This was uh, this was all the rage cut 38. I'm asking you to ask yourself, what are you willing to sacrifice to make sure that overfunded police departments are defunded? Suck it up. Defunding the police has to happen. We need to defund the police. Mayor Eric Garcetti saying, take some of the money from policing, about $150 million. I applaud Eric Garcetti for doing what he's done. So that was where the Democrat Party was. Now, oh, by the way, defunding the police defunding the police obviously ludicrous and obviously it uh, did not sit well with normal people not only did it not sit well it um it infuriated us but almost worse than defunding was what was happening at the same time the delegitimization 
you know, setting the environment where police have lost their authority on the streets. Where's the authority now on the streets? With the criminals? With the woke mob? With those young, annoying college kids who whip out their cell phones every time the police try to arrest somebody and root for the bad guys? So they, they focused group all this stuff. And now Democrats run around saying, no, 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 uh, give them money, more money. And Joe Biden pathetically is he's just you think he can just start saying this and and wash away everything you did and your friends did cut 39. When it comes to public safety in this nation, the answer is not defund the police. It's fund the police. Fund the police, fund them. Cut 40. We should all agree the answer is not to defund the police. It's to fund the police. Fund them. Fund them. What a rallying cry. Fund them. Fund them. Like every other thing, he just throws money around, throws money around. And I looked up his, uh, what is it called, the Safer America bill, the Safer America and it's all about grant, you know, grant programs. You do this, we'll give you the money for that. We'll give you money for police departments. By and large, have the money they need. They do. Um, in the summer of 2020, before George Floyd broke out and the overreaction, and oh, by the way, did you see my show last night? I showed everybody the autopsy. The autopsy they never talk about. The autopsy they refuse to show you. The autopsy that I saw in June of 2020, and I'm like. What the hell is going on? It says they found no sign of asphyxiation, that he died of fentanyl poisoning and COVID and all kinds of other stuff. It had nothing to do with asphyxia. Isn't that crazy? Did you ever hear that? Anyway, um, cops and also that the maneuver that they used, that that Derek Chauvin used, and I'm no Derek Chauvin fan. I think there were... But I didn't write the damn Minneapolis patrol handbook that says to subdue a suspect who is resistant, an acceptable use of force would be applying your knee to the neck. What? Yes, it says it in black and white. I showed everybody. It's in the Minneapolis patrol manual. That's why the guy was looking so nonchalant. He's like, what are you giving me a hard time for? This is, uh, well, they showed us this in the police academy. So, again, I think it's really terrible that he's dead, but terrible that he used all that fentanyl. Terrible that he tried to shoplift. Terrible that he tried to drive away under the influence. Terrible that he had that panic attack in the backseat of the car, the patrol car. And in retrospect, really terrible that the cops tried to accommodate him and grant him his wish, putting him on the ground. Actually, here it is. Listen to what he's saying. This is George Floyd in the police car. This is before they put him on the ground. Listen to what he says. Cut 37, please. Did you hear that? I want to lay on the ground. I want to lay on the ground. That's right. One more time. Cut 37 again. So they put him on the ground because they were trying to make him comfortable, believe it or not. 
Now, was he still resisting? I don't know on the ground. I don't know. I don't know. I know that's in the manual, but was he resisting? He's handcuffed at that point. Where can he go? But I don't know. Also, um, you can't see in the photo. You can't tell. But Chauvin's a lot smaller than this guy. And while the country is burning up, it's the mainstream media along racial lines. And actually, not along racial lines because everybody got in on the act. Everybody got in on the act. It was so fashionable. Even right outside to walk up 3rd Avenue yelling and screaming about cops to stop traffic on 9th Avenue, to stop traffic on the Brooklyn Bridge, on the FDR, and to loot Macy's. Um, in the midst of this, I think it would have been helpful to point out, as I did, but well, at the time on Newsmax, you know, I, I don't, and I don't think I had the WABC radio show, but we were still on the way up weren't exactly breaking uh, records as far as viewership. And I'm like, excuse me, everybody. Um, is this really a racial matter? I don't think so. I mean, isn't it relevant that three of the cops involved are of color? I mean, if you're going to make such a big deal, I, 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 two of the cops, uh, Officer Kiung was black. He was holding him down. And Officer uh, Two, T-I-U, I believe, uh, Vietnamese, uh, that's, that does undermine the racial narrative of the whole thing. Doesn't it, Alex, in Mountain View, California? Hey, is that where the Apple company is or Google? One of those big tech companies are out there. Where are you? Uh, Apple is located in Sunnyvale, so they're pretty close to Mountain View. What's in Mountain View? Uh, Google, right? Yes. Google is okay. in Mountain View, and, and they they spend generously for the city. For example, they provide free Wi-Fi. Do you um, know, do, actually, you, do you know anybody who works there at Google? Um, I used to. So they they pay generously, and uh, they they really uh, they lavish a lot of uh, goodies on their employees. So a lot of people want to work for that company. And you know what? Actually, I'm talking to you like it's some exotic company out in Mountain View. They're right down the block. They got a huge building. They got one of the biggest buildings in New York. On 14th Street, I think it is, uh, between 8th and 9th, it takes up yeah, the whole building. Got more square footage than the Empire State Building, believe it or not. Anyway, what's up? Yeah, I just wanted to say that uh, with regards to your comment about defunding the police, uh, I think the increase in crime, the solution to that is not necessarily increasing the number of police because when you look at Japan, they actually have 20% fewer police per capita and yet their crime rate is not correspondingly higher than the United States crime rate. In fact, it's lower. So I think that the total solution uh, may have one part of it being having a police force, but but there is other aspects of that solution that uh, we needed in order to uh, deal with crime. So I think, uh, you know, uh, some critics of, of the police may have a valid point in saying that Increasing the police force is not necessarily the only answer. Well, I don't really disagree with. Look, everything was under control. Do you remember? Look back, 2010, 2011, 2012, record low crime in New York City. And oh, by the way, the police department was a lot smaller, a lot smaller. It was shrinking. But with improved technique, it's not necessarily about body count. It helps, but it wasn't about that. The NYPD was very, very popular. See, they talked this situation into reality, all right? First, they pretended that policing in America was broken. 
especially in New York City. And then they actually managed to break it. How do they break it? Not by count, but by delegitimizing them, by taking away their authority, by making it harder than ever for them to do their job, to, by making them vulnerable to criminal prosecution, even in the normal execution of their job. So I don't think it's a headcount thing. And oh, by the way, there are about a million different differences between us and Japan. Do you know what I mean? This is, we don't have a, well, I don't know what to do now, but a few years ago, we did not have a policing situation in need of reform. It worked. It worked. But 20 years ago, there was something else that was different. So there was a demographic difference. So the demographics have changed, and that also contributes to crime. No, it hasn't. Not here in New York City. Not here in New York City. It's uh, It was more than half. I think it's um, about the same, actually. I, 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 you know, demographically, the New, America has been a diverse place for a very long time. Very long time. So I don't, I, 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 I don't really know what you're getting at. I don't know what you're getting at. I mean, I'm not – I think I said earlier that with Biden talking about fund the police, fund the police, it was never about that. It wasn't about – when they started talking about taking away money, we didn't like that, of course. Now they're saying throw money at them, and they're just doing it because it's an election year, by the way. Look at a cop. Look at your typical cop. They're incredibly well-armed. They've got all the stuff, all the gadgets. They've got technology. It was, it's it's – it's really the public and the media and so much of culture turning their backs on them and making them out to be the bad guy. It's an emphasis issue. Anyway, I know you're from, look, you're from Mountain View. You're a data guy, right? You're a technologist. What do you do? Uh, well, I'm a, I'm a mathematician, actually. So, I knew uh, it. So I, I knew it. Then you yeah. think that this is all in the numbers. It's not. Well, I'm not saying it's all in the numbers. But what I am saying is that if you look in California and you look at, for example, the shoplifting rate, that has increased a lot. And uh, that is because of the demographic change. No, no, you're wrong. You're absolutely wrong. It happened because of the delegitimization and the value, the, the sudden valuing of criminality. That somehow the whole system is systemically racist. Where did that really take hold? Summer of 2020, right? I'm talking about these are this is a cultural thing, not a demographic thing. The culture suddenly said America is fundamentally a racist place place. The police are vestige of uh, slavery, all that crap. You didn't see well, these. You didn't see these organized, these organized flash mobs. You didn't see it you sporadically here and there, but you didn't see it like you see it today where everybody gives up and lets them take this stuff. That was not happening, pal. It wasn't. It changed. It changed recently. And it's not because of demographics. It's because of culture. Because the culture started elevating criminals and started devaluing police. Uh, what What do you want to ask? Then i got to take a break. Okay. So when you look at those flash mobs, what percentage of them are, for example, Korean-American or Chinese-American or Japanese-American? I haven't seen one of them. Like yeah, that. as I said, as I said, though, this is culture, culture. It's a cultural thing, right? It is a cultural issue. Now, in the culture of uh, Asian Americans, you know, there are plenty of exceptions, of course. But what's valued? What's valued? Look up Kenny Shu and the inconvenient minority. What's valued is studying uh you know, the nuclear family, 
all these things, all these beautiful things that are that are encouraged. But, you know, the demographics didn't suddenly shift in 2020. You know that, right? It wasn't an overnight thing. But these flash mobs were an overnight thing. Listen, I think we're kind of on the uh, we agree in broad uh, in a broad sense, but on the details, maybe not. But uh, keep it up, Alex. Thank you. I am late. I'll be right back. Greg Kelly on the Red Apple Podcast Network. Wow. Uh, turnover. Uh, Liz Truss barely got to know her. She's gone after six weeks, fired after six weeks, or she quit. She was uh, basically the queen was still alive when she became the prime minister, and now she has to check out, give her letter of resignation to the king, King Charles. And that's it for her. Who comes next? I don't care. I knew. I had a feeling she was no Iron Lady. Remember her, Margaret Thatcher? Wow. Remember that special relationship she had with uh, Ronald Reagan? Man, good stuff, good stuff. Remember how Hollywood treated her? Oh, boy, terribly, terribly made a silly movie about her featuring Meryl Streep, the most amazing woman in the world, one of them. And uh, they made a movie. And what did they make the movie about? Like the last six months of her life when she had dementia. They, they, they glossed over everything else. Oh, there was one critical period where she had a son uh, who was a race car driver, and he was racing around Africa, and he went missing for like three weeks it's a major story, and uh, they found him. But um, hey, by the way, if you're interested in race car driving, get over it uh, or whatever. Let the professionals do it. I know some people. I just it's not a good thing to do. Uh, don't don't do that, and don't drive fast. Gosh, this guy whipping up and down the block yesterday. I almost threw something at his car, but you know how that goes. He probably would have come out and shot me. Uh, one of the called the police, but you know how that goes. They got other things to deal with. Or anyway, help is on the way. Election day, uh, two and a half weeks to go. Be right back. Greg Kelly, entertaining and informative on the Red Apple Podcast Network. Hey, uh, who's that guy in the Bronx is always calling us and plugging Project Veritas? Uh, they sometimes come up with a doozy, something pretty good, and this looks like it's pretty good. Let's see here. They Some guy was talking to an aide of uh, Eric Adams, and Sarah Tischel, he was recorded, the aide to Eric Adams saying, this tent city thing is going to bankrupt the city, and uh, Eric Adams doesn't know what he's doing. Let's see here. A city hall staffer was fired Wednesday after he was secretly recorded slamming Mayor Eric Adams handling of the flood of migrants entering the Big Apple. Christopher Bow, a member of Adams's advance team, gave a withering critique of his boss in the undercover video recorded by the right-wing organization Project Veritas and released on Tuesday. He said the influx of migrants coming in from Texas is causing the city to go broke and called their arrival in New York City a very perilous situation. It's common sense so far. Ah, here we go. And I don't know that Eric Adams is capable enough to navigate it, Bow said in the recorded interview. He added that Adams has no plan to manage the growing number of new arrivals. We're building a tent city. We're parking these people in plastic tents on Randall's Island. They're not getting good stuff. We are kicking them out of hotels because it's tourist season and hotels want to raise their rates. 
let's see here. Uh, it's a effed up proposition any way you look at it. A spokesperson for the mayor said Bow was booted from City Hall for disparaging first responders. Give me a break. Bow was also recorded knocking, ooh, knocking cops. What he said, being a cop is like the cushiest gig in the city. Like you might get shot, but otherwise it's very good. Well, uh, the pay is actually pretty decent. After a couple of years, you get six figures. Um, he was giving cops a hard time about the COVID-19. Uh, let's see. Uh, this guy, this is the thing about them, Project Veritas. You know, sometimes they come up with a doozy. This guy is speaking truth about Eric Adams and the Ten City. Everybody knows it. They got him doing it at a bar, something like that. Now he's gone. Now he's out of a job. Uh, I don't like anybody busting on cops, but I want to make sure that's their cover story. That's their cover story. Let's see here. Uh, they, former NYPD officers, chose not to do a very, very harmless thing that protects the rest of society. Screw them. I don't give an S. Is that about the vaccine? Oh, give me a... Okay. Look, you're allowed to have opinions in America. You're allowed to say things in private. Uh, Bao previously made headlines in July when he was mugged at gunpoint on a Brooklyn street in broad daylight. <laughs> oh, jeez. Uh, but this is obviously one of the many challenges that are totally beyond Ewick Adams. Uh, a total narcissist, egomaniac. You know, usually a narcissist and egomaniac has something to be proud of, you know, a major intellect, some sort of ability, but he has none. All he has are those suits, and he's so infatuated with himself because he lost 40 pounds. Nothing else going for him, nothing. Hey, I want to go back to uh, Ukraine for a moment, which, you know what, I know it's a war, I know it's... uh, but I don't really like it as a story. I know. It's just whatever. My eyes glaze over sometimes. But now that Putin is really you know, boxed in and might use a nuclear weapon, keep this in mind. There was an ancient Chinese war philosopher. He was a warrior and a very smart guy. His name was Sun Tzu. This is like in the ninth century, long, long time ago. And he wrote like the manual on war. It's called The Art of War by Sun Tzu. And there are all kinds of aphorisms in here and... We still study it. It was required reading when I was in the military at the basic school, all the service academies. Everybody knows in the military the art of war. And one of the things it says, you have to build your enemy a golden bridge on which to retreat. You have to build your enemy a golden bridge on which to retreat. Now, might be open to interpretation, but what we interpret that to mean is you got to give your enemy a way out. You've got to, you know... Sometimes you have to let them save face. You have to, um, you have to think like your enemy. Now, the way we have treated Putin, and granted, Putin is a bad, bad guy, and the way he's treated Ukraine is insane. But this kind of, I think, this rhetoric might even be over the top. And it's Joe Biden, so he doesn't know. He doesn't think strategically. He doesn't know who Sun Tzu is either. Cut twenty-eight, please. And it's Putin, it's Vladimir Putin who is to blame, period. Putin has shattered peace in Europe and attacked the very, very tenets of rule-based order. For God's sake, this man cannot remain power. 
That sounds great. But now that we've totally cut him off, like it's almost there's no scenario where he can stay in power. This is we've gone a little bit too far. A golden bridge on which to retreat. A face-saving measure. I think he needs that. Now, there are smart guys out there who are saying the opposite. Let's see here. Cut 51. This is General Keene. Great general, former four-star general. This guy helped turn around the Iraq war, and he did it from his basement. He was watching the news. Four-star. He had just retired. He couldn't believe how terribly the war in Iraq was going. He started putting memos together. He said, screw it. The Pentagon can't do it. I'm going to do it with my friends. And remember the surge? This guy actually, Jack Keene. An amazing man. A New Yorker, by the way. I think he went to Fordham. Cut 51. This is a war criminal for sure. A thug and a killer. And he makes war on the civilians. He gives his military objectives to kill civilians as much as he gives them objectives to defeat Ukrainian military. It is the Russian way of war, and it is horrific. He should be held accountable as a war criminal. And these generals... Who we, one we have on TV here, they should be held accountable for executing those missions just as the generals did executing Hitler's horrific genocide that he inflicted on the world. Well, all right. I love General Jack Keane. I don't know if that's the message we want to telegraph right now. Uh, you want to take care of that later, all right? But don't do it now. Why? Because these guys will keep fighting. Well, if we're going to be prosecuted, we have nowhere to go. All right, where are the nuclear weapons? You see how that can work? I don't like this. I don't like this. Uh, Mike is in Wayne, New Jersey. Welcome back. Greg, how are you? Good. I just want to let you know, all of this anti-cop start started under Obama. Remember how he used to comment, like the Michael Brown case, he used to comment on... That they were, he was not guilty before anything even came out, and you agree with the hand up, don't you? This is the guy who this this is the guy who's responsible for all of it. Yeah, I did. You watch my show on Newsmax last night? Were here any of the yes, last hours? I, I went through it methodically, methodically. Yes, he did. actually started in two thousand nine when he weighed in on that silly case in Cambridge. Remember, remember the white cop who was hassling the black professor. You know, remember that whole thing? And, and the president of the United States got involved. Uh, the white cop was in the right, by the way. Professor Gates, who's not a bad guy, but he overreacted. Even Obama admitted that the guy could fly off the handle and probably said something wrong that ticked off the cop. Then they had that beer summit. and But uh, people, people really took stock of Obama again. Like, wait a second. I thought this guy was supposed to smooth these things over, not not inflame them, and he didn't. And then for political reasons, he kept it going. He kept it going. Why? Because black men especially were leaving Democrats, uh, were, 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 were basically figuring out who Obama was. He was for Obama, not for the people. Rick in Elmwood Park. Elmwood, where is that? I should know. Where is that? It's not far from Paramus. All right, what's going on? Um, I got the story on Tulsi Gabbard, too. She was a young global leader with the WEF, but now she's speaking out against them, and she doesn't want to see the Great Reset happen, the Marxist climate change uh, indoctrinate their children movement. Yeah, she's a good person. She's good. Yeah. World Economic Forum, you know, I mean, a lot of people went to the World Economic Forum. It only took on sinister connotations uh, recently. 
Uh, I think yeah, she's well, great. I think she's great. She's no communist. It's the weakest thing. It's like, it's right. That's a McCarthy thing. It's just, uh, so she's fantastic, and we want to see big things from her. Thank you, Rick. Let's do uh, Andrew and Stanhope. Great, great, great show last night. And uh, the Cambridge situation, the professor, I actually met him and spoke about, um, you know, the fathers being in the home. And he said, I said, why don't you talk about that in the black community? He said, well, I wrote an op-ed piece in the Times. <laughs> but first, most people don't read, especially young teenagers, the op-ed. And the thing that you get wrong when you play the clips of Obama saying the importance of a father is that he promotes the leftist policies that take the fathers out. But I don't know. Obama- wait, 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 wait. I, I don't know if I get it wrong. I mean, I don't know. I mean, I, I don't think I get it wrong. Uh, how do I get it wrong? I mean, what? Well, he's trying to. He's playing you for a fool. Oh, all right. Easy does it, Andrew. Because I'm telling you, like, he's, my problem was he said it and he didn't develop it. He said it basically two times in his presidency and then he dropped it because he was scared. Now, we can have that discussion about, yes, uh, the left wing uh, nanny state. We talked about it earlier in this week. Uh, uh, Delano Squires says that it's taken the place, the role of the black father, and they've been edged out. It's an anti-patriarchy thing. But I don't feel played the fool. I feel like he played, well, you know what? He conned me once back in 2008. I thought he was going to speak like this all the time, but he didn't. He didn't. And uh, so thanks, uh, thanks, Andrew. All right, that's that. Um, I just want to say this also. Dr. Roz, we need you. We like you. I think you're going to do it. Uh, that guy had the nerve to say that John Fetterman looks like everybody else in Pennsylvania. No way. John Fetterman has uh, horrendously vulgar tattoos all over his body. Uh, John Fetterman is a wealthy, lazy, uh, 50-year-old, uh, still on his parents' allowance, uh, layabout, weirdo, let him out of jail, crazy person, and uh, wears a hoodie all day long, basically walks around in pajamas. And uh, this, uh, this guy does not represent Pennsylvania. I went through it, and I'll show you today all the great people that we know from Pennsylvania, everybody from Mr. Rogers to, uh, I don't know, uh, uh, Will Smith, everybody from, oh, I guess i got to take Will Smith off my list. Hey, whatever happened with that slapping of the guy across the Chris Rock? I heard Chris Rock was over at Radio City not too long ago and made a very quick joke. If you blinked, you missed it, and it wasn't that funny. Uh, Ooh, I haven't heard Howard Stern. Love Howard Stern. Yes, I know he's gone a little bit woke and he doesn't stand by Donald Trump, but uh, I want to hear what he said about Kanye. Cut 24. I almost don't want to give any energy to this Kanye West character. I don't know much about Kanye West. I'm not big into the rap scene, but uh, he is, you know, I'm really tired of people excusing his behavior uh, by saying, well, he's just mentally ill. You know, hey. So was Hitler. but somebody yeah, exactly. elected him to run a country. You know, this whole, like, well, don't worry about him. He's all mentally ill. But the shit that he's spewing, I'm hearing from a lot of people. I'm talking about his latest um, wacky anti-Semitic rant that he seems to feel really free to spout. And a lot of media organizations are giving him attention with it. And, and rightly so. I mean, they're exposing him. I, I don't have any problem with that. But, uh, boy, what this guy's into, it's the same old stuff with the Jews. 
you know, uh, growing up Jewish, I got to tell you, I caught so much in my life for that. Fights, groups of people with chains hitting me, all because, uh, you know, they've been taught that the Jews are evil and killed Jesus. And I'm like, what the f***? I didn't kill Jesus. I don't even know Jesus. Wow. Uh, I will make a policy statement right now. Kanye West will never be on a show that I uh, that I anchor or host. Uh, and I'm sorry Howard went through all that stuff. Um, I don't know. I, I don't view Jewish people that way, that they killed you. I don't, I don't, I don't know. I, I guess some people say that or think that. I don't know. I remember once um, there there was a big study on anti-Semitism and where does it come from? And there's so many horrible myths and things and it's what they have survived, what they have come back from Jews. It's uh, it's incredible. This country, the Judeo Christian tradition and the Bible, you know, half of it is the old Testament uh, more than half. Um, yeah. I don't know if he's mentally ill or not, but you know what? There are some other entertainers who harbor, similar views to Kanye West. And one of them is all round nice guy, except when it comes to this, Nick Cannon. Oh, yeah, Nick Cannon. And Nick Cannon said some awful, crazy, weird things about Jewish uh, people. And um, I wonder if he learned his lesson, or is it just that uh, he's Nick Cannon, he's cool, and they gave him everything back. Look, I think that people can be educated, they can redeem themselves, they can, but it seems very selective about who gets that opportunity and who doesn't. Give me a moment. Greg Kelly, Greg Kelly. on the Red Apple Podcast Network. Wow. If you have Instagram, you really got to get rid of it. It is so good, too good. Just amazing, amazing stuff. There's an account. All it has is puppies and birds. Puppies are friends with birds. They actually get along. And they they kiss and they 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 nuzzle each other and they pet each other and it's just, it's just you could look at it all day long, uh, and then you click down and then there's a, a mouse eating a strawberry and then there's a plane taking off. Oh man, the mouse ate the entire strawberry. Put it in it at once, just swallowed it. Oh goodness, uh, good for them. All right, tonight on Newsmax, uh, what the hell are we gonna do? It's gonna be a great show. Um, Oh, we're going to have this, uh, you know, there's this whole weird transgender uh, conversation that's happening uh, right on the dark web. Uh, it's a whole new level of uh, uh, bizarreness. And uh, first of all, we got to figure out how do we find the dark web? I mean, uh, where is it? How do you get to it? I don't want to get to it, but I kind of want to know. All right. So uh, folks have been on hold. I got to go in a moment. Christine, hi, back in Connecticut. Good to see you on TV the other night. What's up? Hi, thanks for having me on. Um I got to tell you first that when you're on hormone replacement therapy, you're going to be on it for the rest of your life, too. It's not some, like, temporary thing. Okay. And, yeah, and that, um, and you mentioned Leora Levy. We got, I got to know her some, and um, we marched in the parade, and she went to thank every single police officer around the way. Unlike Governor Ned Lamont here, who takes away the policeman's qualified immunity here. Go, go, uh, Miss Levy. I would love to see her win. Christine, thank you. Yeah, those uh, those puberty blockers, hormone replacement theory. Oh, my goodness gracious. Viviana in Brooklyn, yes. 
Hey, Greg, thank you for taking my call. Um, I wanted to add to that list possibly to have the revolution in New York State. Uh, that would be Joe Pinion, and we could dump Chuck and also Tina Forte against AOC. And I will say as a Latina, she is a disgrace to being a congresswoman. I know I'm going to get a lot of flack for this, but Tina Forte would do a better job. And God bless you for continuing to tell people there's a different option. Hey, I love it. And I saw a meeting last night, Tina Forte uh, supporters confronting AOC. And, uh, man, there are a lot of them. It was raucous. It was pretty cool. So uh, wouldn't it be amazing? Wouldn't it be amazing if they toss her out? Anything can happen in politics. I would love it. I would love it. I love it. And go Joe Pinion. Good call. Thank you, Viviana. Let's do uh, Sandra in New Jersey. Hey. Hey, Greg. How are you? Excellent. Good. I I wanted to say that I'm afraid that when we win everything, Biden will veto all the good proposals that we present, and then nothing will change, and then people will get angry, and then we'll lose the House in 2024. Do you think that will happen? Well, no, there's all kinds of things you can do. You can, um, you know, there is investigation. You can override vetoes, uh, although that would be very, very hard. Uh, there's all kinds of things you can block, you know, at least you can block the agenda. You can block their agenda. So, uh, no, I'm, uh, I'm, I'm more excited. And I think you should be too. I think it's going to work out and, um, no, 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 we're good. We're good. It's going to be good. Uh, all those checks and balances. I don't know all the ins and outs, but, uh, no, it's going to work out. All right. One more Leo in Washington Heights. Uh, good afternoon. Like, uh, I have two short comments. One, the guy who called about, uh, I think to compare United States with with the, with the diverse ethnicity to Japan, by cap by capital, it's as 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 nonsense as comparing French Marseille to Norwegian Oslo. Yeah. That's one. The second one is uh, if you like uh, the mental processes in the head of crime, because you said you you're just reading Dostoevsky. Maybe you sh- you wanna jump after that on uh, Theodore Dreiser American Tragedy if you didn't read that yet. American Tragedy by who? Theodore Dreiser. 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 American Tragedy. Theodore Where are you Dreiser. from, Leo? I'm from, I was born in Sudan. I'm, uh, three of my grandparents was German, one was Czech. In my 20s, I emigrated to Germany through the border. I'm, uh, I'm all mixed. And I'm here 30 years in New York. Yeah, it's amazing. Probably speak 80 languages. Hey, Leo, I'm going to check that out. And thank you. And I'll see you tonight on Newsmax at 10. Greg Kelly on the Red Apple Podcast Network. If you only have a 401k, you're not getting the most for retirement. Wait, what? Add a Robinhood IRA on top, then they'll boost it by 3%. You can do that? And if you transfer in any retirement account, you get 3% on top of that. Is there a limit to the match? No limit. Robinhood Gold gets you the biggest contribution match of any IRA on the market. Sign up for Robinhood Gold at Robinhood.com slash boost by April 30th. Subscription fees apply. Investing involves risk. 3% match requires gold for one year from first match. Must keep IRA for five years. Match on transfers subject to additional terms and conditions. Robinhood Financial LLC. Member SIPC.